my friends, Pastor Daryl here, and you're listening to Walk in Faith, Not in Fear. And, well, it's been a few, I ain't gonna lie, it's been a couple weeks. Took a few weeks off, we're doing some restructuring here at the church and changing some directions on ministries and uh, leadership and so forth. But Well, we'll get into, I'll talk a little bit about that here in a second, but let me start with just a word of prayer. Dear Lord God, again, we come before you and we give you praise, honor, and glory for all I pray today, Lord God, that you could use me in a way that I might be a, an example, a light, an encouragement to someone, Lord God. I pray that somebody can take something, glean something from what I bring forth today, Lord God, that they don't hear me, they hear you. I pray that I am able to touch, reach out and touch somebody in your name, Lord God, and I give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, it's good to be back on. Like I said, I've been uh, off for a few weeks. We had a lot of things going on at the church, and I've been changing some directions, and I'll be honest with you, it got to where it got really heavy around here for me. The spirit was really heavy. It weighed on me, and I wasn't, I wasn't content. I was, I was wrestling with uh, directions of things that uh, the church was going that needed to change. I knew it was God wanting to change them, and uh, I, I, I guess you could say I was, uh, I was kind of wrestling against God, if you would, because I had to make some changes and decisions that would affect uh, leadership and friends, and uh, I had to. I'll be honest with you, I didn't know how to do it without uh, hurting feelings or losing friends. And finally, things just happened and fell into place. And I guess the good Lord got tired of waiting on me, and he just took it upon himself. And, well, some of the things I feared would happen, happened. But, uh, again, like I said, uh, it's the direction that God wants for us, for me, for his church, for his people, and uh, his ministry. And uh, so be it. I pray that, uh, you know, all works out for everyone as, as we move forward and we all remember one thing. We're here to give glory to God and uh, do his work, his kingdom work here on earth. So, uh, again, I thank each and every one of you that do take a few minutes out and listen to me when I get on here in Babel. I thank the church for being patient with me for the, the last month and a half. I've been really rough on some of the leadership here and uh, rough on uh, worship team and couple of the directors I have working with me on here and different ministries. I just, uh, like I said, I was really wrestling against, I knew what I had to do. I just was wrestling how I did it. And, and it just kept, I don't know, it got to where it was actually stealing my joy. And I think the Lord, I was praying for the Lord to either help me get through this or, or take me out of this and, and replace me with someone that would do a better job. And he, uh, well, I guess he just made the way as he usually does, so thank you, Lord. Uh, so we're back on. I'm going to start getting back into my podcast. Like I said, we changed the direction of our ministries here. We're a little church. I don't know. I'm assuming you guys are not all right where we're at listening, so uh, we're a little non-denominational church in Monroe, Michigan, a small church. Uh, we don't have a set. I have like 18 on-roll members, and that's just so we can vote and keep the logistics, but we have uh, 30 to 60 people that attend on Sunday. We're a small congregation, but a very powerful outreach church in the community. And the people that do attend here are very predominant in serving the Lord. Uh, and uh, thank God, because I couldn't do it without them. And then, of course, I have multiple sponsors that help buy into what we do, that see our works being done, see what we do do know that they can see the fruits of our labor through what we do for Christ and all the outreach we do, and they invest into us with monetary and other other means to help us uh, complete this ministry uh, ministry task for the Lord. And i got to thank each and every one of them, too. You know, like I said, I don't know much about podcasts. 
I don't know what I can and can't say, do and don't, whatever, but I have multiple uh, sponsors that, that support us, uh, and, and I'm thankful for that. And I guess I should probably get a little more serious in looking into this because they don't do it so much for the recognition as much as they do it because what was done for them, they want to give back to their community. But it's people like that that I like support because with them giving back to the community shows they care more than just the dollar bill, you know, and, and that's important to me and as it is God and all of us around, you know. So, again, I thank each and every one. I do know that I have a Facebook page. I, I no longer have my personal Facebook page. It got hacked and whacked. I can't even get in it to change nothing. So I started another Facebook page. It's Hope Church of Monroe. Now, this is a little funny. I couldn't do it as a, as a church. I don't know why, so I had to put a first and a last name. So the first name is Hope Church, all lowercase, one word, Hope Church. The second word is of Monroe, all lowercase, one word. So it's Hope Church of Monroe. That's our Facebook page, and that's open to all. So if anybody would be interested in joining that, you can see what we do, when we do it, how we do it, and who helps us do it. You talk to sponsors and thanking all those involved, and you can see all the different outreach ministries we do in Monroe. Send me a friend request. We'd be more than glad to, uh, to sign you up and to be part of it. Tell you in everything and anything we do, the, the probably the one thing I cover more than anything is prayer. Pray that we continue to are, are able to serve the Lord God for what we do. And I, again, I thank each and every one. Remember that's on Facebook. Hope Church, one word, all lowercase. Of Monroe, one word, all lowercase. Hope Church of Monroe. Look us up and uh, send a friend request. And I'd be more than glad to uh, throw you on board with us. And it helps too because then you can help spread the word. Being, I went my my friendship or my, my Facebook page, my personal one, I had somewhere up to like four or 5,000 people. Now I'm down to, I'm up to, but I'm down to, oh, 300 and something. So I lost a lot of ability to spread and share the different things that we offer through our community because I lost a lot of the, the free advertisement, if you would. So the more people that sign up and join our Facebook and the more things I post, the more people that share, the more people we reach. So please keep that in mind. If anything else, you can just kind of give us a hand up hand out whatever just like kind of help us spread the word for uh for ministries that we do to help enlighten uh, our community so hey what can i say but i do thank each and every one and today I, I i've been preaching this last month and a half two months i've been really wrestling with some things and and, and i've been preaching about uh transformation and stuff and, and, and having to see more spiritual growth and one of my concerns was that uh it's hard for me to to expect a church to grow to another level when the leadership wasn't even at that level and uh so it's hard for me to <laughs> move forward when everything around me is stagnant so so i i've been really wrestling with that a lot and then like i said i've been preaching on transformation and so forth and uh well, i i i preached one a while back just recently it was just i don't know this within the last month you know what, I was looking through here today at my notes. I was sitting here in the office. Uh, I record on Mondays. I usually come in on Monday mornings, and I sit at the church in my office, and I always say it's my sanctuary within the sanctuary. And I got my little podcast set up in here. So I come in here, and, and I do a little podcast. I do a little study and throw something on together. And well, anyway, I opened my Bible up a few weeks back. I had my notes sitting in here from a sermon I did. I thought, you know what, let's run with it because – there's a good chance those listening today wasn't here Sunday. So, hey, and even if you were, there's nothing wrong with it because 
Sometimes I think we got to ball things over a few times for it to get through our thick melons, all right? So <laughs> let me start by saying this. I want to read out of Matthew. I'm going to read Matthew. Uh, I'm going to be in chapter 17, and I'm going to read the first nine verses. And then I thought we just kind of hit some highlights. I'm not going to get into a whole sermon like I, like I would on a Sunday, but I just thought we'd hit some highlights and talk for a few minutes. So if you would, Matthew 17. Verses 1 through 9, it goes, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up high on the mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as, as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were, were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Hmm. Wow. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to just kind of, that's kind of what I'm just going to hit on today. Uh, I really like uh, verse 2. It says, There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. See, the problem for most people is the word transfigured. Exactly what does that mean? See, see, transfigured means to, 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 to transform or to change. Transfigure in appearance, if you would. To change, uh, to change the use or the purpose of something. That would be like taking an old unfinished basement in your house and, and, and remodel and redoing it, maybe turning it into an efficiency apartment or something like that. Or taking an old barn you might have all back and recreate it and refurbish it and turning it into a little house or something. Got to understand, see, the, the important thing here, the significance here was not the special effects, but, 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 the, the, but that, uh, let me say this, but that Jesus was not just another exceptional human. See, Jesus was the representation on earth of the divine, if you would. He was the ruling son of God. Now, after seeing this, this wonder, if you would, the disciples hear this voice saying, you know, uh, he's talking about while Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and they, they heard a voice coming from the cloud. says, this is my son, whom I love with him. I am well pleased to listen from him, or listen to him. Now, from that from that point on, see, the the. The disciples, they, they, they saw Jesus differently. Uh, see, we, I think we've all experienced something like this where we've seen someone in a new way other than the way we originally may have saw them. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the example I used when I was doing this was my parents. You know, as a young boy, I was a young buck. I, uh, I knew it all, had all the answers. What do you know? You don't know nothing. You know, my parents were not the sharpest tools in the shed. I had it all figured out. I... <laughs> As I <coughs> progressed in age, if you would, uh, my perception of my parents changed. See, it's like they tend to got smarter, if you would. Uh, 
They went from knowing absolutely nothing to where I wished I would have listened to them a little more when I was at that age because they seemed a whole lot wiser as I went through a whole lot of stuff, if you get what I mean. Okay, well, anyway, let's get back to our text here. The disciples saw Jesus differently. Jesus appeared as the same person as the disciples, but now something different. There's something totally different with him. See, the disciples had their eyes open to the new reality, namely Jesus was God's way in the world. It was Jesus. Okay, what do we learn from this transfiguration story, if you would? See, it teaches us we are, are often unaware of our visions. Let me explain. See, see, when God comes near to us, it changes not only us, but it changes everything and then the way we see things. Things are put into a new perspective. Perhaps important things maybe finally come into focus for us, if you would. It says that because, well, I say that because I want to say this. Put it this way. Sometimes the things we plan, they don't always turn out as the way we wish they would, if you would. See, we start out in one direction only to be sidetracked into another. So for us to be changed or transformed into the person God wants us to be, we must learn to, 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 to listen to him. Be open to hearing and following that soft, tender voice of God. Beckoning, he's beckoning us to come and to be changed. Oh, oh boy. Here, here, here we go. So see, what that change means is, is here, here, oh, my friends, you ain't going to like this. Truth of the matter is, what that means is our walk has to start aligning with our talk. For us to be effective in our call, if you would, our ministry, or, or, or even in our walk for Christ, our walking and our lining our walking and our talking has to be aligning. See, you probably don't want to hear what I'm about to say, as, but the truth of the matter is, we're all ministers. I know most of you believe that it's, it's my job or the job of the spiritual leader in the church, you know, the spiritual, biblically, the, 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 we're the ones called to evangelize, but every one of us are ministers. Now, most of us are dealing with, and, and here's, here's this, God is wonderful. Most of us are dealing with multiple problems with, within our own lives including me. See, you, you may not even feel worthy to be a minister or a light to people in this dark world. Truth is, when you look at Scripture, it helps put things in perspective. See, because the wonderful thing is God uses imperfect people, my friends, you and me. See, God uses jars of clay, broken vessels to, to share hope. He uses our weaknesses to show that all the surpassing power is from God and not from us. See, church, Friends, we have to realize that the, the, the devil, oh, he's going to distort a picture and tell us we're not worthy of his servant. You may hear a whisper that you're unworthy to, to, to share the good news. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves because of our past. See, we have this or that in our background. We're not worthy. You know, I'm reminded of Paul, the man who, who orchestrated the murder of countless Christians. Paul, the man who was in a hearty agreement with Stephen's death, uh, uh, the same man now comes right out and says, when I am weak, then I am strong. This is, this is kind of a, 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 a spoiler alert for this message. He, he says, we can delight in insults. We can delight in the weakness and the hardships. Now go ahead and, and whatever you're going through, you fill in that blank if you will. Whatever you're going through, whatever you thought that would disqualify you from being a light for God, this shows us that all his surpassing power is from God and not from us. So many times, 
So many of us believe we have to be perfect to, to, to minister to the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. We have to live this exemplary life. But matter of fact, it's just the opposite. God uses broken vessels to be heralds of hope. Thus showing God has all surpassing power, not us. Have you ever seen a china kid with the, um, you know, all the beautiful cups and the saucers and the plates and uh, the, 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 the ones that, you know, you, my, you had growing up that you, we didn't use. We weren't allowed to touch. We just could admire, <laughs> look at. Well, have you ever seen people have taken one piece that was accidentally broken and then they, they've made it a centerpiece? Uh, I, 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 my aunt did this. I remember this a long time ago. She actually took a small and made a, it was a little saucer cup thing that had shattered, and she put it back together, and then she put a little small flower arrangement in it, and then she centered around the, the other pieces around it, if you would. Now, just sitting in a cabinet not being used, this can be the, 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 the picture of our lives, if you would. See, first we think a broken piece has no use anymore, but then, then when we let God get control of this, this us or that, that broken piece or broken vessels, we are usable. There's a Japanese art called... Kin, I think it's Kin Singai or something like that. It's the art of repairing broken pottery and making them useful. It, 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 it treats bra breakage and repairs as part of the history of an object rather than something in dis uh, disgust, if you would. What is it? It's like gold inlay, and when they put it back together, it, it, it almost looks like a road map with the gold going through it, and that's actually very pretty. Well, I say that because the Lord has taken this divine Kin guy in our lives to make us useful, if you would. God's power is manifested in our weakness. See, people see the power of God in that our broken lives have been pieced together and we still have problems, but yet God uses us. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Amen. So see, God made the sun to shine out of the darkness. This is a reference. I think Genesis, actually, Genesis, God said, Genesis 1, verse 3, I think. It was the only way God said, let there be light, and there was light. See, God has done a miracle in the life of every born-again believer. Every one of us, you hear me? Every born-again believer in Jesus Christ, God has taken a heart, empty and with complete darkness, darkness, dark as black as the universe before the sun and stars were created, in Christ, light now shines in our hearts. See, friends, as Christians, we have the light of Christ. We have problems, but the light of Christ still shines. We just don't want to let the light get hidden under our baskets, if you would. See, when Paul made this reference, I don't know, maybe he was thinking back to his own conversion. The time he saw a, a brilliant light that temporarily blinded him. See, but, but in Christ... The scales, they fell off his eyes, and he saw the light and the light of Christ shone in his heart. Now, I say that, my friends, because each and every one of us, we need to shine. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not, 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 not uh, broken, to the, uh, driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. See, we are not to wait for the ideal situation to jump into serving the Lord and letting our light shine. Whoever influenced you to Christ was not perfect. God worked through them despite their problems, my friends. Don't, don't have these unrealistic expectations that we have to be perfect to be effective in doing God's work. 
Imagine a farmer who said, I have so many needs that I, I won't be able to plant this year. Oh, my house needs painting, my equipment needs servicing, medical bills are stacking up. I'm just going to have to quit. I'm just going to have to skip planting a harvest this year. Yes, yeah, see, the farmer, he finds it difficult, but without working the field and sowing that seed, there will be no upcoming harvest. We do the best with who we are. See, you know, I think it was verse 27 there. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 27, actually, it says, We're told, my grace is sufficient for you, for my, 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 or is made, my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Amazing about that. The worse you are, the more you show God's power. Are you foolish? That's good because the Lord uses the foolish to, to confound the wise. You know, when, when we let God's power be made known in our weakness, imperfect people can participate in shining that light of Christ in so many ways. Amen? You can give, you can pray, you can go, you can be used right now and right where you are. There's always ways you can reach out. You can let the light of Christ shine through you. Is it second? Second Corinthians four seven tells us, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the suppressing power belongs to God and not to us. See, the Lord He uses our, our frailty to show His power. First uh, Corinthians one twenty six says, for you see our calling, brethren, that not many use according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. See, see, God uses the least of us. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. Why? Why? Because it shows that all surpassing power comes from him and not from us. Amen? You know, 2 Corinthians 4.10 tells us, always carrying the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life may also manifest in your body. Wow. What they did to Jesus, they'll do to us. The trials, the torture, the mockery, the murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. It's called he lives. In dying to ourselves, we are given spiritual life to others. It's God's power, my friends, not ours. This keeps us letting the light of Christ shine through us. And that is what demonstrates all the surpassing power of the gospel to the ends of the earth. To me, that is what makes faith in Christ so exciting. God will use you, use us, use me despite our weaknesses. Our weakness actually demonstrates the power of God. Amen? Hey, bye for now.